brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Hold up. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Face-Off. I'm going to do what's best for the team. Where fantasy meets reality. Pure fantasy football nirvana. And now your hosts. Let the games begin. Anthony Servino and Michael Hoff. And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the FF Faceoff. I'm your host, Anthony Servino. Follow me on Twitter at the Real NFL Guru. Follow the show at the FF Faceoff. We can be found at all the top social media and podcast platforms. Back with me to discuss the top NFL news rumors and headlines of the day. We have Matt McKay and Austin. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher your last name. Am, give it to me. Amendolia. Amendolia. Uh, guys, what's going on? Hey, Anthony. Happy to be here. Uh, first show with Austin. So excited to kind of dissect what's going on in the league. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. We're already almost fully in the offseason, just the Super Bowl left. So trying to trying to cherish these last couple of days before uh, the Super Bowl concludes. But uh, quite a bit going on. So should be fun. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to uh, meet Matt for the first time and get to chat. Um, yeah, big news week in the NFL with, you know, the Washington football team is the Washington football team no more and all sorts of other things going on. So happy to chat and yeah, cherishing the last little last couple of weeks we have left of football season. Now, obviously, uh, we have the Super Bowl right around the corner. Uh, but there, there's been some big news uh, drop in the past couple of days, headlined by Brian Flores, the Rooney rule and everything that falls under that umbrella. Uh, Austin, kick us off. Uh, you know, give us a little bit of a recap of, of what's going on in the situation, because you said uh, that you really dug into this. Yeah, so um, I believe it was yesterday we found out that Brian Flores was filing a class action lawsuit against the NFL, the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, um, one other team, I think the Miami Dolphins, and then other tw 29 other unnamed plaintiffs presumed to be potentially the other 29 NFL football teams, um, alleging racial discrimination um, in their hiring practices of head coaches, of GMs, offensive coordinators, um, but really the fact that the NFL has and continues to have a history of not hiring black head coaches, black offensive coordinators, and that there's been, he's a, his class action lawsuit alleges racial discrimination in these practices. Um, it's really, there's been a lot of news coverage around it. And I know um, Brian Flores himself has made a statement 
public statements saying that, you know, he recognizes this may harm his chances um, to head coach, um, but he believes that the cause is bigger than any opportunity for himself, which I completely understand. Um, and some of the things he alleges are basically teams such as the New York Giants only interviewing black candidates for head coach positions to hire the Rooney rule, knowing they've already selected their candidate, um, their head coach being a white candidate. Um, there's news in there of him being offered $100,000 for every loss when he was in Miami, which I, you know, if you're a head coach, you're out there trying to prove yourself as well and want to demonstrate that you can lead a team to success. So it's, to me, it's having someone say, I'll pay you to lose is a slap in the face in itself. And then, um, you know, Brian Flores believes that he faced retaliation for not um, choosing to lose beyond that. Um, there's a lot. I really recommend people. I said this on Twitter. I recommend people read the lawsuit, like skip the legal language, because I get that none of like for most of us, we don't understand that. I don't understand most of it, but there is a really great outline of the history of um, racism in the NFL um, since its inception, since it began in 1920. And it really, I think the stories that he has in there paints a good picture of why he has chosen to file this class action lawsuit. Um, you know, he says there's references in there to unequal pay, to um, unfair treatment where white coaches will be given more time to be successful and black, than black coaches. Um, I think, you know, this, this this relates to a conversation, Anthony, we had a few weeks ago related to David Coley and the fact that he did well in Houston this year, leading that team to four victories, um, despite them being expected to lose every game. And yet, after one year being fired. Um, and I think we can talk about the Rooney rule. Um, the one thing I will say that is kind of a bit of news to keep an eye out on is um, because it is a class action lawsuit, any member of the defined class may add themselves as a plaintiff to the case. Um, and the defined class in this case are any black head coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, um, general managers, um, or applicants for those positions. Um, and so there is an ex uh, expectation. And in fact, um, the, the law firm working with Brian Flores has suggested that there will be further plaintiffs adding themselves to the case. Um, so we may see more folks starting to step up and speak more about their experience, um, which we've already started to see um, just in general over the past couple of days. Now, uh, Drew Davenport at Drew FBG Auctions. Um, he's with uh, FootballGuys.com. He's also uh, practices law uh, outside of you know f covering fantasy in the NFL. He has a forty-three page Twitter thread. Um, you know, on on you know breaking down this case. I mean, he does really good work. He he you know went heavy into Deshaun Watson and Tyree Kill and all of the other big time lawsuits surrounding the NFL and NFL players. So I'm on his timeline right now, and I saw this about Hugh Jackson uh, and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, basically doing the same thing, and apparently Hugh Jackson might have some receipts proving that uh, the Browns wanted him to tank. And if this is all true, I mean, you have to buckle up because this is not a very good look for the NFL because if it happened with Brian Flores and if it happened with Hugh Jackson, that means it's happened before and, and probably a lot. Yeah, and I think um, we also, like, should mention the fact that part one of the um, more like catchy things of the class action lawsuit was the fact that Brian Flores has screenshots from Bill Belichick, who mm. is congratulating him on becoming the new head coach of <laughs> the New York Giants when it was three days before Brian Flores was meant to interview and um, it came out and figured out that Bill Belichick had messaged the wrong Brian and um, thought he was messaging Brian Dabble. And um, from that, you can assume that the New York Giants had already made their decision oh, on their yeah. candidate before 
interviewing Brian Flores and the logical conclusion of that is, well, they were only going through with the interview with Brian Flores to um, fulfill the Rooney rule um, disingenuously. Matt, any any opinions on this or, or, or anything? No, I think Austin <clears throat> absolutely nailed it. Uh, you as well, Anthony, touching on it. I really, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because Flores still is in the mix for that Texans job, yes. uh, allegedly. So him and McCown, believe it or not, Josh McCown, um, kind of interesting to see what they're doing down there in Houston. But if, uh, yeah, this class action lawsuit goes the way it, we think it might go, uh, tough to say how this will end, but... Now, if these league owners, like, like if this is happening, whether it's Ross down in Miami or if it happened with the Cleveland Browns, they should be forced to sell their franchise and, and forced out of the NFL. I, I mean, when you when you see Pete Rose, I get it's, it was gambling and Shoeless Joe Jackson and, and all these other scandals. When scandals happen this big, right, I, I get, you know, things happen with the Patriots and the Flake. This is different. When you're paying off... Uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a loss, or that's what you're trying to offer a head coach. How number one, how dumb can you be? Not only is it classless and immoral, but how dumb can you be to do what Brian Flores, who comes from the Patriots and the Bill Belichick camp of everybody? Not this. I mean, you you, you gotta you know not be right up there of all the guys because you know nobody coming from New England's ever gonna try to lose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there's from the game perspective and then there's from a social perspective like as obviously i am a white man saying this so i have not experienced this myself but i know uh for people that i know who are people of color they want to represent people of color well because of the history of this country and they want to say show especially people like brian flores in a head coach position wants to show to all the young black kids in america hey you can be a head coach and to so to have someone come to you and say like oh i'll pay you off a hundred thousand dollars to lose like what kind of model is that if i am going out and purposely doing poorly at my job when i want to demonstrate and be a model to people younger than me. I mean, I think like there's just the pure football. Like, why would you be paying someone to lose? Like that just boggles my mind. Like I get draft picks are a thing, but like there's a there's a way to go about this conversation around rebuilding that isn't, hey, let me pay you off to make this happen. And then there's the larger social narrative. I think one thing too that we should um just like point out is just the pure numbers of um, some of the things that are uplifted in the class action lawsuit that I think are really notable. So currently in the NFL, there's only one black head coach. There's only four black offensive coordinators, six black GMs. There are no black owners. Um, there's, I think, about 11 black defensive coordinators. So there is um, somewhat more representation among defensive coordinators. But as far as the players go, there are 70% of players are black. Yeah. And so the part of the point here is that majority of your league is comprised of black players. And yet the pipeline from player to coach is not producing a more representative set of coaches. And so that's one of the things highlighted a lot in the class action lawsuit of how we have all of these we have 70% black players that we can pull from to pull into this coaching pipeline. And yet it seems to not be happening. Now, this brings us to the Rooney rule as we begin. We're going to wrap this subject up and move on. But the Rooney rule, I understand why it's there. I understand why it's in place. But uh, there needs to be some kind of a change to the Rooney rule, maybe updated to 2022. Since the Rooney rule has been around, this is about 20 years now, um, there's only been 15 uh, head coach positions filled by a black or a head coach. I'm not sure if this includes other minorities, but by 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 you know a person of color. Um, and there was 129 vacancies. Uh, so we're we're at less than than one head coach a year, and all this comes to light. This Brian Flores versus the league uh, situation comes to light right now. There's only one minority head coach one black head coach i don't know if you want to include ron rivera there's two but still one black head coach in the league and that's mike tomlin 
something has to change here uh, because right now I, I think I saw an article which called the Rooney Rule window dressing, and I think it nailed it. Well, Mike Tomlin, too, he's never had a losing season, right? Like He's just a stud. And, like, people— this is, So yeah. is Marvin Lewis for, for yeah. 10 of his 15 years. So it's like they have it's have to exceed expectations and beat the averages. And yeah, yeah. something's got to change. Absolutely. Yeah. And even when they do, they still get fired. I, I mean, it's, it's also like I would this is why I really recommend reading some of the class action lawsuit, because in there they talk about um, black coaches who have consecutive winning seasons and get fired. And it's like, what's going on there? Um, or they'll come in and they'll have a season um, better than the than a white coach had the season prior still maybe a losing season but then they'll get fired for it um one interesting example i um i can't remember the uh the coach's name but there was the coach for arizona the year before cliff kingsbury came um he he won five games that season was fired four or five games that season was fired after that cliff kingsbury came the next year won five or six games was held on for another year and kept on. So, like, these are some of the stories that are being uplifted. Was it Vance in this Joseph lawsuit. or something? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna so. trust Matt on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these are some of the stories being uplifted, and I they're really um, powerful, and I think they're important that they're being lifted up. I'm glad they are. Um, yeah, and I think you nailed it, Anthony. With the Rooney Rule has to change. Um, I saw an idea of being uplifted of making sure that there's representation and the people making decisions around hiring. And so that um, whoever's on the like interview committee, that there be um, black representation there, that would be one way to help with this. Um, what about but, diversity and ownership? Yeah, I mean, that I think is a clear starting point. Um, and the fact that there are no black owners in the entire NFL, like that is a problem. Um, and it's a systematic problem, but it definitely like, I think that that's highlighted also in the lawsuit of part of the reason that we have this problem is because the, the people, the ultimate people making the decisions are all white and whether implicitly or explicitly, we know through research that same race bias is real and that people tend to pick people for jobs that look like them and that's just that is a fact and so representation in the ownership is a must let's segue into um byron leftwich now byron leftwich you know I, I i thought going into i think it was championship weekend it seemed like he had the job in jacksonville um and and all of a sudden now he is expected to remove himself from consideration for the job. Uh, to me, this doesn't have anything to do with the the Rooney rule or what's going on with Brian Flores. To me, this has something to do with Trent Baalke, the general manager in Jacksonville, and, and really the franchise in itself. Um, now. Ownership in Jacksonville is uh, is the cons. They do a great job in, in professional wrestling with AEW, but they, they are not doing the best job with their franchise in Jacksonville. Um, and, and I think it starts from ownership down. They need to bring in uh, a better general manager. I, I don't know if Trent Baalke really has done a lot uh, for him. We talk about head coaches losing their job. What the hell has this guy done to keep his job in the front office? And if anything, he's costing his team uh, decent head coaching candidates. Yeah, it, it's interesting to see that former Vikings general manager Rick Spielman is uh, – considered a favorite right now they're working together the the jaguars uh front office uh, might have a position specially created for spielman above bulky which is crazy um that reports directly to the owner so yeah it seems like they need to get bulky out of there but i'm not i don't know how you would go about doing that if he doesn't want to leave uh, i'm not sure what the contract situation's like there and um, was he an Urban Meyer appointee? Did the Urban have a say in bringing him in? Because if that's the case, you mm. definitely need to clean house and get a hit restart on that one. 
Yeah, and, and this is like I'm, you know, as I'm reading into these reports from the Florida Times Union, uh, all the chatter at the Senior Bowl was that Byron Leftwich has made it clear he cannot work with Balky. I, I I mean there there's only 32 NFL head coaching jobs in the world. It's you know you can, it's not like you're not a doctor. You're not, there's only 32, and for guys to be like I don't even want it. So go hire somebody else that that says a lot yeah and i think it like matt said it really raises questions on like how long is trent balky going to be there and how long should he be there if he is costing you qualified good candidates for head coach like that is a problem and that that that's not a that's like a pr problem too right it it has it creates this perception over the Jacksonville organization that this isn't a place that people want to go, um, that they're too far gone or they're a lost cause because of what is happening at the leadership level. And I think to me, like that's from a, if I'm an owner of that of that team, like that's the bigger concern to me is that this GM is causing my organization to look like a fraud and like it doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. Like you, you have Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. Um, not saying that Trevor Lawrence is a miss, but all of the you know surrounding parts around Trevor Lawrence are going to play a role into his success or a failure. Quarterback's very fragile upstairs. Um, I don't know how many, you know if he can have another season like he did in his rookie year and, and bounce back in twenty twenty three. Let's say they need to make a move now. So do you think do you think that move pertains to the defense side of the football, give them a a better chance or, you know, maybe a left tackle? Are you saying I'm talking about, you know, put better leadership around them? Hmm. All this dysfunction, you know, it's all going to fall on Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the player personnel. And you got to think it's going to. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't he notorious or not notorious, but just infamous rather for just never losing like high school, college, and then you get to Jacksonville and it's just a, yeah, it's a gut punch. So yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, you go from never losing to when am I going to get my first win? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of the biggest concerns to me is like Trevor Lawrence is a talented player. He needs good support um, to have a system that will really help him thrive and soak up his early years. And I do worry about if we have another year like we did last year, what happens to Trevor Lawrence? I think um, that situation just needs to change. And if your GM is the hang up, like he's got to go. And I think the unfortunate thing is that they are like, he's still there, right? The GM, if they were going to fire Balky and, do this pivot they should have started a month ago when all the interviews were happening and so now i imagine it's hard for them to go back and say oh we're gonna now start searching for a new gm on top of a head coach um but i think i mean maybe this next year they'll hit their they'll hit their draft picks and prove us all wrong but i i think they need to make a shift quickly yeah and it's even i'm looking at their salary cap like their cap space the jaguars are top three in like the most cap space right now like there's so much to work with down there and you still have guys that are saying no it's kind of mind-blowing let's uh let's move to uh another topic right now that's going on and this was a rumor that hit today and and twitter blew up and it surrounds aaron Rodgers buying property and i believe in (laughs) nashville and all of a sudden aaron Rodgers is going to be the new starting quarterback for the tennessee titans and so it begins next to buy property in cleveland I, 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 it's gonna I, be a long off season for Aaron Rodgers, man. I, I do believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded 
But any move this guy makes, you know, the media, you know, guys like us, we're all going to be trying to connect dots. Mm -hmm. I still believe the most logical landing spot is with the Denver Broncos, with Nathaniel Hackett. They have the personnel in place to win now. I'm not saying that Tennessee doesn't, but Denver has better defensive <laughs> personnel right now. They have a better crew overall of wide receivers. Uh, when you, you know, uh, you know, uh, not taking anything from away from AJ Brown, but you know Sutton, Judy, Fant, uh, you know Javante Williams, Jer uh, who am I missing? Tim Patrick. That's a really, really good core of players. A lot more than Aaron Rodgers might have had to work with in Green Bay as an overall unit. Plus, cap space wise, Denver does have the cap space to possibly sign Devontae Adams, which is could be a deal-breaker for Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure Tennessee can do that when they're on the hook for Julio Jones. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, too, that Tennessee's cap situation is not great. Right now, they're projected to be um, in the red by $6 million right. going into 2022. Um, I also, like... It, it's hard for me to understand Tennessee making this move. I mean, if they were to trade for Rodgers, they're going to have to make space somewhere else, and that's either going to be sending away a guy like Julio Jones. There's, I feel like they can't get rid of Derrick Henry. Like that's just that would be a little bit wild, and they won't they won't be able to keep their defense defensive pieces around. So it's just hard to imagine them making that rule. It would definitely be like an all in move, but I don't know if it would be. And all in a move like the LA Rams this year, who actually like were able to make it happen and go all the way to the Super Bowl. It feels like it would end up being kind of a net negative for the Titans. You know, Aaron Rodgers would probably be a great fantasy quarterback, and we'd probably, you know, AJ Brown's fantasy scoring would skyrocket. But as far as NFL goes, I don't know that it it even makes sense for Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you on this, Austin. I I don't think it's a good fit. Um, if I could have it my way, I would love this. I'm, I'm a Vikings fan, so I'd love to have him out of the NFC North. So preferably anywhere outside of that Pittsburgh Steelers, that would be awesome to get him, uh, in black and yellow. I think, I mean, their offensive line stinks. So that's certainly something that he'll consider, but they have, they have some pieces. They have some splash players. Um, I don't know. I, there, there's a lot of teams that are going to, you know, be, be needing a quarterback here. So I just, yeah, the Titans, they're that. Grounded with the Broncos too. I know they have that wide receiver core, Anthony, but they're those two backs. I mean, they, the, Melvin Gordon. Who knows what they do in Denver? But it feels like I know they got rid of Fangio. They could totally, you know, under Hackett, just just pick up where where they left off with Rodgers. So definitely makes the most sense right now. I just don't know if I feel like Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be like Peyton Manning and go to the Denver for the second part of his career. That's just my take on it. I don't think he wants to do that because it would be too similar that's just i think aaron Rodgers is kind of contrarian like that that's just me though could be totally wrong see i i just I, i'm with you on tennessee see people think tennessee makes sense I, I completely disagree number one you know austin brought up the cap situation not only is the cap situation but they're on the hook for ryan Tannehill's contract uh, you know, so they'd have to move that somehow. And who knows if Green Bay would want to, let's say they had to take Ryan Tannehill. Who's to say, hey, we have Jordan Love. Let's see what we have. He's on a rookie deal. We're in salary cap hell of our own. We don't want to take on Ryan Tannehill's almost $29 million salary that's fully guaranteed in 2022. So th there's a lot more moving pieces. And yeah, Rogers said he's open to playing for Tennessee. I think Rogers will say anything to keep his name in the spotlight right now. But I, I don't know about, uh, you know, him not wanting to play for Denver because of Peyton Manning. I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers wants to win a Super Bowl. And if Denver gives him the best opportunity to do so, then I, 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 he'll go there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just, part of me just thinks that, like, yeah, I want to carve out my own legacy. I want to do my own thing. And, I, you know, maybe he'll zig when we expect him to zag. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like if he does move, to me, I agree with Anthony on this one that like Denver is the most logical landing spot to me just because of the receiving core there. And um, but I don't know. I still kind of feel like his best chance to win a Super Bowl is with Green Bay. Like, yeah, they have had they have lost in the playoffs time after time. But 
Matt LaFleur has had one of the best three first three years as a head coach out of any head coach there is. And I think like when it comes down to it, like they've had some weird play calling and key moments and the 49ers defense just played an incredible game a, a couple of weeks ago. Like there's some kind of flukiness to the playoffs. Like, I mean, the freaking Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl, right? Like it's not just about the team. There's a lot of different things that turn different ways. And yeah, the Bengals deserve to be there, but Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Four weeks ago, like we wouldn't have said that. And they had some things go their way that have helped them there. Um, so I still think if Aaron Rodgers wants the Super Bowl, he needs to stay in Green Bay. But if he's moving, I think it makes sense to go to Denver. But what? A- no, go ahead, go ahead, no, you go ahead uh, first. Another landing spot I really like Rogers in because you know it's going to be an open spot, guys. You know Indianapolis is not bringing Carson Wentz back. So mm-hmm. you got that offensive line, one of the best. I mean, they might not be as good as they want to, but they're still up there. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman on the outside. That's like a poor man's Devontae Adams. Uh, dare I say that? That might be a little blasphemous, but. I mean, they got pieces there. The defense is solid. So I, I could see him at the, it's a weak division, very winnable. So you never know. Yeah, and again, but this is another team with a quarterback under contract you know, on, in terms of Carson Wentz. And uh, that's yeah, the I, issue that that I'm mm-hmm. finding with uh, – because the Colts, yeah, you're right, 100% right. Uh, and they even have cap space. So they, that's in theory, saying. would work out. But what do you do with Carson Wentz? It's a lot easier to trade a quarterback on a rookie <clears throat> deal um, yeah. you know, almost like in Denver situation with Drew Locke. I'm not even sure. I think he is still under contract, but again, he's on a rookie deal. Yeah, 28 million for Carson Wentz right now. That's their cat. That's a doozy of a cap hit for sure. But like you said, they they got some they got some money to work with. Now so. the Packers talk about teams in the red. Uh, they have the mm-hmm. second fewest cap space there in the red for 50 almost 50.1 million dollars uh the only team that's worse for the second year in a row the new orleans saints at 75 (laughs) points uh almost 76 million dollars and the packers again if you're going to retain rogers how do you retain Devontae adams and mvs and darius smith and all of these other, I mean, if anything, yeah. like, if they had cap space, okay, Aaron, we'll keep you, and then we're going to go get you whoever the, you know, veteran receiver Julio, you know, that Julio Jones piece, like they like they got Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee this offseason. Like, we'll go get you that guy. They can't get, they can't keep the guys they have. And I just, they got NFC title game, NFC title game, and then they just fell, kind of regressed this year a little bit when we didn't expect them to, and I don't know. I just feel like, feel like the marriage is over with uh rogers and green bay i i don't know it i don't know it, it'll be interesting to see this one play out I, I think he'll come to a decision sooner than we think to be honest with you but is it even is it up to rogers i i, I don't even know who it's up to because you just there, there, there's so many moving parts cap space and then let's say a team wants them and they have the space will aaron even go there uh it, it's just uh there's gonna be a long off season. Uh, mm-hmm. This doesn't have an end in sight right now. Well, yeah, I just hope he leaves the NFC North, but that's just selfish of me. Well, so. if he's traded, I cannot see a situation where he is traded inside the NFC. Yeah. 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 You, no. 
Don't think so. Let's move to another quarterback in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo has earned the right to start for the 49ers next season. And it would make sense for all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he's at a reasonable salary. They have uh, Ray Lance on a rookie deal. So they, they could just do what they did this year for one more year and ride it out. Jimmy Garoppolo, two NFC Championship game appearances in the past three seasons, including one Super Bowl appearance. In fact, he almost got them to a Super Bowl. If it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo's interception, they would be in a Super Bowl right now. Uh, the only issue is because Jimmy Garoppolo single-handedly cost the 49ers a trip to this year's Super Bowl, I, I don't think they have a choice but to move him. Otherwise, they're going to face a whole lot of media scrutiny. Well, why did you trade for Trey Lance? This is why you did trade for Trey Lance, because this is what you get from Jimmy Garoppolo, and all of the winning is going to be kind of pushed to the side. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the best guy for the job in San Francisco, but I, I don't think they're in a situation where they retain him. So the question is, where do you see Jimmy Garoppolo playing uh, in 2022? Where? That's a, that's a really great question. I mean, I think as far as I just wanted to reflect quickly. You guys on take what you this because I got to get the cats out of the office before they kill this broadcast. <laughs> um. Well, I just wanted to reflect on like what you just said about the the 49ers taking all sorts of media heat if they retain Jimmy Garoppolo for another year. They took all sorts of media heat this year, and it didn't matter. Yeah. The season started out like, play Trey Lance. Do not play Jimmy G. Why are you still playing Jimmy G? And Kyle Shanahan did not care. He kept putting uh, Jimmy G out there when he was healthy. Trey Lance played started a couple games when Jimmy G needed to get healthy, but other than that, Jimmy Garoppolo is their guy. And I think it's an interesting comparison to what happened in Chicago with Matt Nagy, where he pretty quickly um, kind of, you know, went with the pressure of, oh, you need to play Justin Fields because you traded for this, you drafted this quarterback. And I don't know that it was really the best thing for Justin Fields necessarily. So I don't mind having Jimmy Garoppolo play as a starter in, in San Francisco for another year if it means that Trey Lance ultimately has a better career. I, and I don't think that this organization will be worried about taking that media heat. They seem pretty set on doing what they think is best, regardless of what the media says and regardless of what their fan base says, because their fan base was also wanting Trey Lance to start. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that in terms of like them caring about outside noise, they, they don't let that influence their decision making. I do think that Trey Lance opens up a different element of the offense with the yeah. RPO style, you know, that's becoming increasingly popular. Jimmy G, God bless him. He's not the RPO style guy, type of a quarterback, but he, find, he finds ways to win and he can make some good throws and, and clutch moments some of the time. But yeah, I mean, we saw Trey Lance, he needed, uh, he needs developing and uh, he's got a hell of an arm though. Like he can, he can make those deep throws. It's just improving the accuracy. That's something you can absolutely coach. And uh, I think, you know, having a, a couple games experience of starting, um, you know, that certainly helps. It's more than Mahomes had his first year. And um, I just think Shanahan wants to prove, um, while I say that they're not influenced by outside noise, I think that there is a part of Shanahan's like, yeah, okay, we're going to show people why we made this move that are really going to question, you know, why, why did you sit on them for a year and waste it? When So, yeah, it, it's tough. Um, I would say he Jimmy G is gone, but but the teams that he he could go to, they're saying Panthers, Commanders, Broncos, Texans, Steelers, and I don't know. I mean, maybe the Panthers, but I I, I do think San Francisco, if they're willing to keep him around, that would be ideal for everyone. But I think they're ready to move off of him, get the Trey Lance era going, open up that RPO style offense, and and really get it uh, even faster than it already is. What if? Yeah. No, go on, Watson. Oh, I was just gonna say, I 
do like Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback ahead of a rookie quarterback. And so wherever he goes, oh, yeah. I, I could see him being the starter and that team drafting a rookie. I could see <clears> the Steelers <throat> doing this because they yeah. are trying to figure out what their life looks like beyond Ben Roethlisberger. I think that would be a, I think that would be a great move for them. Draft a quarterback, have Jimmy Garoppolo be your starter, develop yeah. that quarterback. And then, you know, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will win a Super Bowl by the end of his career, but he could end up being this guy that was the starter for several incredible um, rookie quarterbacks. And I think that to me, like that is a interesting, like in a slightly different legacy. And also it lines him up to, for potential um, quarterback coaching and a life beyond being a starting quarterback in the NFL. What if, the 49ers, because like, if I'm the 49ers organization, I have to ask myself, where are we? Because we were just in an NFC championship game. When this team is healthy, they are a Super Bowl caliber team. Are we going to be a Super Bowl caliber team with Trey Lance? Because it's not like, you know, they have a bunch of expiring contracts this offseason. You have to hit, you have to be confident enough that Trey Lance will get you to the same spot as because like, this is how I felt about Matthew Stafford. Will he get you where Jared Goff got you? Because if he doesn't, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have mud in your face. And if I'm the 49ers, I have to look at myself and have to look at Trey Lance and evaluate him. And is he ready in year two to make that leap and, and get us to where we need to be? Because all of a sudden, you know, eventually you're going to have to resign Debo. Like, can you resign all of your assets to help you get there? How long is this window to win a Super Bowl going to stay open? Uh, because if you believe, hey, we can get back here uh, next season, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're on the fence about Trey Lance, and you have to keep Jimmy. Yeah, I just, like you just said, as long as you can keep Debo, you have Eli Mitchell on that rookie contract. Mm. Um, that offensive line's solid. You can have Trey Lance back there facilitating. I mean, if handing it off 30 times a game pretty much was Jimmy Garoppolo's recipe. Uh, there's a few games where he, he slung it, but... Trey Lance has a cannon. He just needs to refine it a bit. And I think an offseason and a couple of games starting will go a long way for him. And uh, and he can just make those plays like you see Joe Burrow and even Matthew Stafford make with a little bit of that elusivity, mobility to really extend the play. And that makes all the difference in the world in these clutch pressure pack moments. So, uh, yeah, year two might be a big step for Trey Lance. I, I, I believe in him for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if the Niners organization does, but I, I do. So. As far as a landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo, because it does seem like he will be traded, you know, th there's quite a few openings, whether we're, we're talking about Tampa Bay, uh, you know, you could throw New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Washington, Denver. Uh, the best case, if I'm the 49ers, I'm not going to rush it because not rushing a trade, even though it might not be the best thing for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's the best thing for the franchise because it does give you extra time to look at Trey Lance. Uh, I would also wait for the either the Deshaun Watson or the Aaron Rodgers domino to fall first, if you can wait, because that makes Jimmy Garoppolo's value drive up to be one of the last guys to be traded and there's one or two teams clamoring for a quarterback, then you have a bidding war for a guy who's brought, uh, you know, who has two NFC championship games on his resume in three years. I I, I would wait as long as I can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the teams you named there that um, is interesting is Washington. Washington is rumored to be interested and um, Malik Willis out of Liberty, um, quarterback coming out of Liberty, um, and so you could you could see Washington um, drafting him and then trading for Jimmy Garoppolo to have a sure starter for the season. Because Malik Willis, um, I like his tape, I like his potential, but I don't think he's ready to st he's not ready to be a starter. Um, and I think this year taught us kind of a lesson on all of the hype around rookie quarterbacks where. Um, we get so excited about them and then remember like, oh, yeah, they're rookies. They need time to develop and um, they need the perfect situation to be successful right away, um, which I think really Mac Jones was the only quarterback that had a good enough situation to start off right away really early. So I imagine you'll see something like that happen. Um, I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo to the Panthers because, look, I, I grew up in Georgia, so I'm a Falcons fan. 
but I live in North Carolina now. And so I have slowly been warming up to the Carolina Panthers. But every time that they sign a new quarterback, it makes me just distance myself a little bit more because I'm tired of us playing three or paying three or four different quarterbacks contracts at a time and not really know which one we want to use. So I, I don't know what I want Carolina to do, but I, I feel nervous about seeing them just go out and sign another quarterback and continue doing whatever it is that they're doing in their quarterback room. Yeah. Ca- Carolina, you know, that team's a mess. It starts at the quarterback position. You know, they, they kick the tires uh, of Sam Darnold and, and- uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I I I don't want to say. I I believe Jimmy Garoppolo is a massive upgrade over both of those guys, um, but I just don't know if their personnel with Christian McCaffrey. Like, if we can get a full year to Christian McCaffrey, yeah, it would obviously work. But it was also working for Sam Darnold in that situation too with the healthy Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and I think like. You're not going to be able to, I think the days of Christian McCaffrey getting 30 touches in a game might be behind us. And so like for Jimmy Garoppolo, like you're going to have to pass the ball more than 20 times in a game. If you go to Carolina, maybe they start getting more creative with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I think, you know, added some jet sweeps to that offensive scheme, which I think would be interesting, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback is an upgrade over definitely Sam Darnold. Um, is he the right fit for the Panthers? I don't know. Well, if any coach is going to improve a player, Anthony obviously knows that it's Matt Rule. I mean, the guy is just incredible, right? Well, <laughs> sarcasm. He, he might be the next no, guy. Anthony's he might be a... the first head coach to be fired uh, yeah. during next season. Anthony is not a not a rule guy, I believe. No, not at all. Not at all. And a lot of it, I, I become um, the contrarian when everybody, you know, loves the situation. And I, I was like this with Teddy Bridgewater uh, two years ago when they brought in Rule and Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater. And all of a sudden, all their, you know, fantasy people are going crazy over it. I'm like, well, Teddy Bridgewater at the time had a career high of 14 touchdown passes. I think he has 15 now. <clears throat> With all of those, so it just doesn't, does, did it, it just, you know, it doesn't really, uh, you know, same thing with Stafford. And and I have to eat my words with Stafford a little bit because look where <laughs> he's gotten that team. But I do well, believe they're not in the Super Bowl because could of him. implode. Stafford could implode to the better quarterback. Joe Burt. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait uh, for the Super Bowl. Before we, you know, close out with a little bit of a Super Bowl talk, uh, you know, Matt, you're a Vikings fan. They are expected to hire Kevin O'Connell. What are your thoughts on Kevin O'Connell and his fit with the Vikings? Who? No, I know that. That's that was my reaction. Who? Like, I mean, who? Okay, Sean McVay's shadow. We've, I mean, hey, it's worked for the Bengals. I know, I know, I know. I just, it's the flashy, trendy thing to do, and it's just, come on, Vikings, why are we doing this? Uh, Harbaugh, I'm Ohio State guy, so I felt kind of weird about that one, uh, a little conflicted, but he's had success, proven success with uh, the Niners in the past. So, yeah, the the switch to this Kevin O'Connell. I mean. Clearly, we he offers you know something to the table, and obviously it's not just Sean McVay. I'm being a little bit of a hater right now. I, I just don't know anything about the guy. Um, but the Vikings have the personnel. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins is very underrated. Uh, maybe get another offensive lineman in there, uh, another defensive end, uh, you know, and then you're really talking about 
if Aaron Rodgers is truly leaving the NFC North, you got Justin Fields and Jared Goff. So the Vikings are a good job right now. And uh, I don't think they're just going to hire anybody to fill that vacancy. I mean, they spent nine hours interviewing Harbaugh and then it didn't come to fruition. So I, I'll trust them. I mean, the, the Wilfs are good owners. So um, really just don't know anything about Kevin O'Connell, to be honest. Uh, the Rams obviously have success, sustained success over the past few years. So I don't – maybe, yeah, Justin Jefferson has some more jet sweeps probably. Uh, yeah, who knows? It'll get it'll get cool. But I don't know anything about the guy. Do you guys know anything about him? I mean, he – Austin? I know he was in L.A. <laughs> You know, exactly. This is, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head about being the trendy hire and kind of the way the NFL is going right now. Uh, but if you look at the personnel that he was working with with the Rams and you look at the personnel that he has with the Vikings, I don't entirely hate it. You know, it's but not like he's a complete unknown. We like, saw Shane Waldron, right? Wasn't that the OC or from L.A. who went to Seattle this past offseason, and it was just uh, maybe he got upgraded from a right. tight end or special offensive coach to to OC in Seattle. But either way, there are Zach Taylor from the same coaching tree. You're right. But I just, I don't know. I, it can go one of two ways for sure. The guy's young. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. I just wish we would have. It seems like we kind of jumped into this one a little bit. Thought we would take a little bit longer, but um, like I said, they're not going to hire anyone off the you know off the street for this type of personnel that we have. I mean, it, it's a it's a playoff roster. The fact we didn't make the playoffs this year or last year is a damn shame. So definitely. I, think, I was gonna say I think the thing that interests me about it is it doesn't seem like offense was their problem. The problem was really the defense. Like the offense, yeah, exactly. Keep up. I mean. There was they had shootouts with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Like they, the offense isn't the problem. So, yeah, you're right. Making that shift is kind of like the I, that's the part I don't get. You, I feel like you really needed to go for mm-hmm. a defensive-minded guy. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit down on the trend towards offensive-minded um, head coaches. I think it's a little bit overweighting things, overreaction. But yeah, yeah. Kevin defense o- was defense was championships, right, Anthony? I know you're you're a big defensive, defensive guy. Yeah, so you know O'Connell yeah. was a career backup in the NFL and and spent time in Cleveland, San Francisco, and and most of his time in Washington from 2017 to 2019 uh, yeah. was Washington's uh, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator. 2019, their OC. Uh, no, that was in 2018. In 2019, he was their OC, and then he was the Rams' OC from 2020 until now. Uh, so he has somewhat of a resume, and, and of course, the history of Sean McVay. Uh, I think that that edges him over a lot of other candidates. But look at look at Brian Dable. Look at Arthur Smith. This is the way the league is going. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't. I mean, hey. If it works, it works. I'm all about it. Um, I just think that you have one guy like Sean McVay, you know, have the sustained success, and all of a sudden, it's a copycat league. Isn't that the saying? I mean, it's just like on display like never before right now. There's, so. there's three ways to go. It's you, you, you hire the next flashy assistant. You go mm-hmm. with, uh, you, you know, the recycled Mike McCarthy type, or you bring <laughs> in the guy from college. Either way, we're gonna have something to say about it. And there's going to have their, yeah, their, their 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 ups and downs about the hire. Yeah. So I think we just need to be patient here with the, with Kevin O'Connell because as many people that were down mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, with Cincinnati's decision, I mean that that's worked out a few years later. Uh, you know, obviously because Joe Burrow hit, but that looks pretty good. And all all he did was have a cup of coffee with McVay. And. We've got a uh, new GM too, cleaning the house completely. Yeah. So it's it's a total regime change. Uh, I'm ready for it, man. We don't have much. Co- we're Nate. We're yeah. We're 14 under in the cap space, so we don't have a lot of wiggle room. So I think that those additions will help us out tremendously with what we have. 
as we begin to wrap up, uh, we're going to spend all next week on the Super Bowl. But let's uh, any quick takes on the big game before we wrap up today. Uh, now, the Bengals are going to wear their cool black home uniforms. I'm kind of Badass. excited for that. I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, yeah. I, I think the key to this game uh, and I think I said this off air is going to be Cincinnati's pass rush. Everybody's going to be talking about the Rams pass rush. Cincinnati's pass rush is going to be the key to this football game. Because if you can get to Matthew Stafford and if you can rattle Matthew Stafford, he's going to do Matthew Stafford things like maybe throw a pick six. Yeah. And somehow he overcame the the interception last week and, and held on for that win to get here. So shout out to Stafford for doing that. But yeah, man, this Bengals defense is legit. They got guys on all three levels. Uh, their secondary is lethal with um, Jesse Bates kind of lurking back there. Uh, Eli Apple stepped up a little bit last week. He got Von Bell, Awuzie. Like, it's kind of a loaded Mike Hilton. I could go on and on. So, yeah, it's definitely coming down to the both of the defensive lines. You know, Aaron Donald, absolute beast. Leonard Floyd, uh, Von Miller, like, guys on both sides of the ball it's just going to be a hell of a game and um yeah i i think if anything right now um i i'm looking at this over under at 49 and a half i'm liking the under right now because the Bengals have been holding opponents pretty low for Bingo. the most part. Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, you know, kind of an unsung hero, flying under the radar. Uh, you know, he's held uh, the first two postseason opponents to, I believe, fewer than 20 points, ends up holding the Chiefs really in the second half twice this season, and that's going to be key, second-half adjustments. I, 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 I could see the Rams coming out, dropping 17-21 really quick, and the mm. Bengals have to climb out of a hole, but the good thing is they're battle tested they're used to climbing out of a right. hole against uh, you know really a superior yeah. team personnel wise so yeah. I, i'm not really worried if the rams get if the Bengals get down early and i don't think joe burrow is either yeah i mean i think y'all said it this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches in my mind um i don't like if joe burrow's having a scramble all day and getting hit i think that's going to be detrimental for them I think the same thing with Matt Stafford. We've seen him make plenty of mistakes under pressure. Um, so I think that's going to be the thing I'm looking at most. I am I feel nervous about this game because I felt nervous about the possibility of the Bengals making it for um, about a month now because I like them. I like the team. I like the roster. I want to see them succeed. And I just hope we don't get a repeat of what was it, 2018, 2019 Super Bowl where it ended up being like 13 to three because um, we, nobody could score, you know, that that's my biggest fear because I want to, I want a good Super Bowl. I want a good competition, but yeah, it's going to come down to those lines and, you know, I think we'll see some flashy plays. We've got some of the best stars in the NFL in this game, which is always what you want. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a, It'll be a fun battle to watch. If the Bengals end up winning the Super Bowl, I I, I think we're going to have to have the dynasty conversation. Just like we did, to be fair, we did it with Kansas City when they won it in Mahomes' third year. This is Mahomes, this is Burrow's second year. On top of that, not only do they have, you know, Higgins and um and and Chase on rookie deals, the Bengals have the third most cap space going into this offseason it's wild i mean if they can win the super bowl with this personnel all of a sudden you head into this offseason you spend the draft um and you spend free agency uh you know upgrading your defense and your offensive line we could realistically be looking at a cincinnati Bengals dynasty for the next few years and again you have to be fair to the Bengals and bring it up because we did it with andrew luck and the colts and they didn't win anything mm-hmm. we did it with patrick mahomes we have to be fair and do it with the Bengals. yeah i mean when you got joe cool leading the boys you know it, it's a little different it's a little bit of a different ball game and uh on a uh, key to this game Definitely Joe Mixon. The Rams are vulnerable against running backs in the postseason this year. Um, Bengals, too. They're kind of both sitting in the middle of the pack for how teams have fared through the postseason this year. So, um, yeah, Mixon looked really good in that uh, game against Kansas City. I mean, he, I, we'll, we'll see. I, th- I I trust Mixon more than Cam Akers. I trust him more than uh, Sonny Michelle. Uh, so, so the, you got to get some type of running game going. You can't drop back 45, 50 times. I mean, both quarterbacks are capable of doing that, 
but you have to keep a, you know the defense on their heels a bit. And Mixon offers the better opportunity for that. Uh, at, <clears throat> Austin, any last uh, any last takes on next week? Are you going to be back next week with us, Austin? Uh, yeah, I'll be here. All right, because we're going to be so covering we'll be able the, to unpack it. You know, really breaking down the Super Bowl from a betting p- uh, point of view. Uh, maybe we could build a single game DFS roster, but we have all next week to cover Super Bowl 56. But until then, guys, tell everybody where they can find you and what you're doing. Uh, Austin, take it first. Yeah, again, I'm Austin Amendolia. I'm with uh, FF Faceoff. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Austin. I'm covering all things football and Formula One if you like that. Nice. Yeah, head on over to Twitter if you guys want to give me a follow at Matt underscore McKay underscore. Uh, if you're into PGA or NHL, Daily Fantasy Sports, I got you covered there, uh, as well as a lot of football content. So uh, give a follow if you're interested. All right, guys, this is another great show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back later in the week uh, covering more NFL news notes and nuggets. Maybe we'll try to put together a, a very early best ball draft or something like that, but we'll announce it on Twitter what the plans are for the next show. Uh, but until then, uh, if you have anything going on tonight from a betting point of view in the NBA, good luck with that, and we'll see you next time. 